0: and may he be glorified in this body of believers tonight. The scripture has been read. Um, I have, my wife has been introduced. The choir has sang. Everybody has said good afternoon or good evening to everybody. Somebody say it's preaching time. It's preaching time. Amen. Amen. We thank God. And so with that being said, um, the scripture has been read. I'm not going to read it again, but I want to talk to you tonight about be encouraged and be revived in the unity of Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, be encouraged and be revived in the unity of Christ. Go to your other neighbor and say, be encouraged and be revived in the unity of Christ. Now, let's put our hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Can you lift your hands and just worship the Lord with me tonight just for a moment? Isn't he worthy? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I need the Anybody need the Lord tonight? Yeah. every hour I need Thee Lord bless Come on and raise your hand with me Me now My Savior Personal tonight yeah, every hour come on more oh, to bless me now my say I, I come to to Thee. Hallelujah. Father, we thank You for Your Word tonight. May You speak. May the Holy Spirit give us insight. To have foresight that we may grow stronger and grow deeper to reach higher we bless your name have your way in Jesus name you may be seated in the presence of the Lord somebody say be revived in the unity of Christ Tonight I want to begin by saying that churches, they come in all shapes, styles, and sizes. They come by secret meetings in homes. They come by worshiping gatherings of packing of thousands in the sanctuary, they come by gathering in rented buildings, shopping malls. They gather in public schools all across America. They gather by live streaming in the means of technology. In some parts of the world, especially in Africa, they gather around the trees. They gather in tents. They gather with buildings that have no roof. And they gather in roofs that have no ceilings. Some gathering places cost multi million dollars to where the church gathers. But some gather where they can barely make their monthly mortgage. But no matter what the gathering place looks like no matter how much it costs the church is not confound to the four walls can you say amen again amen. we know the church of Jesus Christ is the people of God people everywhere, every race every nation who love Christ and are committed to serving him The church age of believers since the resurrection of Jesus, who was known as the called out ones, the ecclesias, who began with the promise of the Holy Spirit coming from the recording of Acts chapter two at Pentecost, born in Jerusalem, carry out its great commission to go into all the world with the gospel message of the kingdom of God to teach to all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things and teaching them to whosoever will let them come, moving by the promise of Jesus that says, Lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the cosmos the age, the dispensation of when this world comes to an end. We know the church spread rapidly through the ministry of the apostles and the early believers meeting much persecution in its day. In particular, the apostle Paul, who who is our gospel writer of our text tonight, he's used mightily of God to fulfill the destiny to To all who would hear the good news of God's kingdom. Paul's calling of God took him out of of Jerusalem to many Gentile nations. to, to, To establish the local church assemblies. In the most prominent churches that he established was the church of Ephesus. From that time Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesians Christians while doing his imprisonment of A.D. 60, but he had established a church at Ephesus about A.D. 53. Here we see in the book of Acts in chapter 19, Paul was on his third missionary journey to Ephesus, and he served the Lord there for three years. Three years there he was preaching. Three years there he was teaching the word of the Lord, and the Bible says he did it with great effectiveness. The Lord was confirming his word mightily for the building up the church. Paul, he had cultivated a strong love for the believers at Ephesus. Even at the time writing this letter to them in church history, God used Paul to strengthen the believers while being bound himself by chains, he was in a Roman prison, ready to preach the gospel at Rome. But his legacy in his journey was that he was willing to give of himself for the cause of Christ to reach out to the work that God has given him and to this church at Ephesus. Paul's legacy of his missionary journey it it, it helps us in the century us who are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, it reminds us that the suffering of the cause of Christ should be a badge of honor. Paul reminds us that it is worth going through the sacrifices for the cause of Christ. His legacy of his service is a witness to us to even tonight to consider the cause of Christ in our own personal life. The question is still before us, how much are we willing to do to see the church bless? If we could bridge the gap from Paul's conviction of his legacy to how he laid down his life for Christ, it brings us to fast forward to this 21st century. The question becomes, are we willing to lay down our life for the cause of church? Are we willing to give of ourselves the way Paul was convinced to give of himself for the cause of Christ? Am I willing to stand up in a culture today that promotes secular humanism and situational ethics that's promoting a multicultural gender? to be a choice and not a moral standard for promoting the righteousness of God. Are we ready to stand up in a day to where everybody is doing it because it feels right? Are we willing to be a voice of the believers today and say there still is a standard? There still is holiness. Righteousness stills matter. And the voice of the church must be loud and clear as we consider Paul's conviction tonight and to see his love for the Lord's church at Ephesus. He was inspired by the Holy Spirit not so much to focus on any heresy as he wrote to them, not so much to focus on any problems as he talks to them from this letter while he was in imprisonment, but he came with them with an exhortation. An exhortation to encourage the church at Ephesus to be the church that God had died for. It's here we see this truth from a 21st century perspective. And we can appreciate Paul's witness to the church. And we can be encouraged. Gives us an example of how we should make a sacrifice today. So tonight. I want us to see the encouragement coming from two spiritual truths that Paul wanted the Ephesus believers to hold fast to. Number one, Paul wanted the church to hold fast to unity in Christ. And number two, he was saying that their unity in Christ will bring unity in the church. From chapter 1 all the way to chapter 4, Paul was encouraged them to stay true to their identity. Stay true to the cause of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, he encouraged them by saying, We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in in, in heavenly places. In Ephesians 1 and 4, he encouraged them saying, We are holy. We are faultless, and we are covered by God's love. He encouraged them in Ephesians 5 and 6. He says, we belong to Christ. Ephesians 1 and 7, he says, our sins are taken away, and we are forgiven. In Ephesians 10 and 11, he says, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He's bringing a courage to them. In Ephesians 1.13, he says, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Ephesians two six, he says, that we, that we have been made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can you hear Paul encouraging him, saints? In Ephesians 2.10, he told them, he says, we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Can you hear the encouragement building them up to their identity in Christ? In Ephesians 2.13 he says, remember for us who was far off. He says that he has brought us near to God by the blood of Jesus Can you hear him encourage the saints of God to who they are in Christ Jesus? In Ephesians 3 and 21, he says, Now unto him, let there be glory unto God in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all the ages. Paul was saying, know who you are in Jesus Christ. He was saying, validate yourself in who you are in Christ Jesus. He came with an encouraging word as they begin to move by the grace of God in the church as they were moving forward for the cause of Christ. You know what I'm excited about tonight? You see, if you listen to the news, you would hear just doom and gloom. But see what the devil is not banking on. See, he don't think that the church still has good news. See, the truth of the matter is there is good news in the church today. I'm here to tell you tonight, saints, that there is the church of Jesus Christ rising up all across this nation doing the work of the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight while we see disaster all over the news God is moving behind the scenes. The church is being the church. Love is coming out from the hearts of the people. Helping people when they're down and out. Coming and giving them an encouraging word when it looks like they can't make it through. I'm here to tell you I don't care what the world is saying. God is still moving by the power of His church, the still it important to God. I come by to let you know that we ought to give God praise tonight because we belong to the church. If you are thankful tonight, you ought to give God praise tonight because you're in the body of Christ. You are to give God glory tonight, because you have been set aside, set apart. You are belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the church, the church must be the church. And this is what Paul is saying tonight as he speaks to those who are at Ephesus to know who you are in your identity. Don't let the culture of your times to dictate to who you're not supposed to be. And I come by to remind the church as you begin to move in your revival, I want to declare tonight that revival begins with your identity in Christ. I come by to let you know tonight uh, that if you want to get set free tonight, uh, that your revival starts with your identity in Christ. And if you identify with him, you got to deny yourself. You got to pick up your cross and walk. If you identify with him tonight, you'll recognize that it's only by the grace of God that you are who you are. Is there anybody happy tonight that my identity is in Christ Jesus? I want to know tonight, is your revival? In Christ. This is what Paul is encouraging them. Knowing who they were in Christ was Paul's encouragement. And here's the thing, knowing that before Christ came, he wanted to remind them that you were under a curse. He wanted them to understand that you were doomed because of your sin. He wanted them to understand that people who went along with the crowds, that you wouldn't even try to hang out with the Lord. That you just went along with the crowd. He wanted them to understand that they were God's enemy. That they were enslaved to Satan. And he wanted them to understand that you had evil thoughts that was controlling your life. He wanted them to understand that your passions was not for the cause of Christ. But now, somebody say, but now. Paul says we are in Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad I'm in Christ. Somebody says the best decision that I ever made. Somebody said I got my degree and that was good. Somebody said I had my first child and that was good somebody said i married my love of my life and that's still good can you say it's still good somebody said that i'm making this amount and god has been so good somebody said he gave me a portion of my health and strength and god is still good somebody say i used to wear raggedy clothes but god has blessed me to have a choice clothes somebody said he's still good but that's not the best thing that ever happened to me the best thing that ever happened to me is not the letters behind my name but the best thing that ever happened to me is because of Christ who died for my sins and I'm so glad that I'm thankful for the grace of God Because if it had not been for the Lord on our side, Church, how many of you know where would you be? Can we just give God a real praise tonight for the grace of God? Can we give God a real praise tonight for how God brought you from a mighty long way? Can you give God a real praise tonight for how God blessed your family? how he's kept you, how he's made ways out of no ways. Uh, Can you lift up your hands tonight and say, Lord, revive me. Listen, Paul says, but now we're in Christ. Somebody shout, be encouraged. We are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. God has demonstrated His love. God has demonstrated His grace. He has demonstrated His mercy to us. And He has given us the great gift of salvation. See, we are free to love, we are free to share God's good news. We are free in Christ to serve. We have been given this undeserved favor. We can never earn it, but we have it. Aren't you glad that God's grace is still sufficient? I know some of you have been walking with the Lord a long time, but I just wanna test the room one more time. Aren't you glad that his grace is still all right with you. You see, now's the time, my brothers and sisters, for the church to affirm itself, to be united. See, we got to affirm ourselves like never before. Your identity must be sure. You can't walk around with false identity. You can't walk around with a schizophrenic Christian mentality. Show up one day, you'll know who you're gonna be. But how many you know you got to be sure enough sure about who you are? How many know that you got to be ready to give an answer for the hope that lies within you? Now's not the time to be playing church, but you got to know in whom you believe and what you believe with all clarity. And with conviction that know that I'm willing to die for this thing. And it's not just a Sunday morning experience, but I'm willing to lay my life down for my God and for my Lord. You see, we have to affirm ourselves to be united with Christ like never before. Because the world, this is why, because the world we live in, the culture we live in, It needs to know that our unity in Christ goes beyond the building. God wants to see his church in the marketplace. It goes beyond the gathering place. Because through Christ we have been given the right to be called and to walk as sons and daughters of God. And we have the right to walk in this rule and to walk in this authority that represents the kingdom of God and where we take and tread our feet we ought to walk in the ruling and the reigning power of Christ over every demonic spirit, over every demon, over every circumstances. Your voice as the church should be speaking loud and clear to a culture that's trying to dim down everything. What used to be wrong is now right today. And we as a church we must raise up a standard and say there is still a God and there's still righteousness Understand holiness still matters. I want to know: Is there anybody believe God wants the church to be the church? Now, Paul is encouragement of the second principle because the first principle was that their unity was in Christ. His second principle to the Ephesian believer was now that you have unity, now that you are united, now that you have been reconciled, now that you have been brought back in harmony with God. He says now the second principle that should be taking place in the believers, now that you have unity in Christ, there should be unity in the church. And this is a cause and the effect to what the saving grace of God will do to the believer. Paul's encouragement in chapter 4 Verses 1, as we begin to lay out that chapter that leads us up to our text, Paul says, first of all, walk worthy of what you have been called to do. You see, we've got to take on this gospel like it means something. We've got to take on this Christian title like we understand that God sent his best so we might live. And that we can never become a Christian to where we think that's it's entitlement, but that it's only by the grace of God. Can you say amen? Amen. You see, Paul, in terms of reaching higher as they are to grow stronger, as they are to grow deeper, the reaching higher comes in the Christ demonstrating that they are united as one in God. And this is where the levels become to a place to where God wants to let his light so shine. See, we can start at one level of unity, but how many you know you can go to another level of unity? There's nothing like when the Christ, when the body of Christ get on one accord and demonstrate to a world that says that God is still for us. You see, reaching higher says in Ephesians 2, lives out your life as one with godly contentment. Godly contentment godly contentment with all lowliness of mind walking in godly humility and, and meekness being unselfish being gentle and being patient with others and loving one another look at your neighbor and say you know you got to love me I'm one of those preachers that mess with you but, 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 but tell them I got to love you too See, some of us we didn't even look at our neighbor, because we're so conditioned. But I'm going to ask you again, look at your neighbor and shake them. Come on, touch them just for a little bit, say I say, "I love you in the Lord." Let me tell you why I'm not trying to get this to just a place of manners with you. Because the scriptures declare that one day that the unrighteous will not be able to sit in the congregation of the righteous. It is a privilege to sit with the saints of God. It is a privilege to be in the house of God. And we ought to give God praise for a sister and the brother that sits next to us. Why? Because we belong together. We belong together. And so as we look at this, Paul was saying that it's about going to a level of higher ground in our unity with God. And and the reflection of that higher or that reaching is a reflection of us being united as one. It's us demonstrating that we are one in Christ. And because Christ is in the Father, we are in Christ. He makes us one. You see, leading to this text, reaching higher in our unity is having the right spirit to strive earnestly to guard this unity. To guard this peace that God has given us. God shed his blood so that the church could be unified. God shed his blood so that people can come into a place to where they can be united with Christ. You see, this unity is not just focusing on vertically, but it has to do, focus on horizontally, but it has to do with vertically. In other words, see, our unity ought to be a witness to a world that says, I want what they have. Our unity ought to reflect the light of Christ that says that there's love in the body, and that's not the love of the world, and I want what they have. But how many of you know the devil has used the undisciplined flesh for so many years in the churches all across the world to where we, 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 we will come in and say, praise the Lord inside the sanctuary and then cuss you out in the parking lot. I'm just trying to say that we got, we, 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 we've come a long way, but how many of you know we can grow more in our unity in Christ? And just like Paul came and encouraged the Ephesians church of his day I come by to encourage you in your revival to stand up in the world that God has blessed you and let your unity come alive like never before child of God because the world is looking for the authenticity of what Christ looks like in the earth. And I'm here to tell you that we as a church have the opportunity to demonstrate the unity of God like never before. People are hurting. People are looking for a witness and they need to see a church that is moving one on core, moving by each other, moving in the power of God, moving in the love of God. They need to see a witness inside of us that I don't care what you look like, I don't care what you're wearing. All you need to know that there is a God who shed his blood for you, who came down from 42 generations and pursued you and he came to die for your. Sin. There needs to be a greater witness of His love. There needs to be a greater attitude change in the church. See, revival will start if our attitudes would change. If we would get the right attitude of His grace, it will begin to move in our hearts and our hands. David led Israel with an upright heart and steadfast hands. If we get God as the center of joy, we can begin to move on a greater level of unity. Reaching higher, we got to be protectors of the unity. Paul encouragement in this chapter, which is reaching higher, in their unity was a body reflection of their oneness, their oneness as being that they were connected to one God, one Father of all. Paul says, who is above us all, and through us all, and in you all. Our unity is found in the Godhead. There's no divisiveness in the body having a reflection of unity as everyone who has been given a measure of this grace as a gift from Christ. Paul is saying that each of us have been poured out a part of God in our life that has given us a measure that will cause us to be fitly joined together. The gift that is in this brother, we got to celebrate. And the gift that's in your pastor, we got to celebrate. The gift that's in our musician here, we have to celebrate. See, there shouldn't be no competition in the body of Christ. But there has to be an understanding that God has given us a measure of his unmerited grace. You can't earn it, and you definitely don't deserve it. So you can't get high-minded they're thinking that the way God's bless you, that you're the best thing to the church. But you're just one part that just fit. You're just one part that's supposed to be connected to another part. If you get your neighbor hand and grab them by the hand and say, come on, let's get together. Come on and work with your pastor tonight. Come on, grab your neighbor hand up in here and say, if we just get together and if we just celebrate uh, how God has been good to us, uh, we can begin to let this grace uh, reflect a unity that would take the church to another level. Uh, I want you to understand that God wants to revive us, uh, but it begins with a reflection of obedience that's going to reflect him. A reflection. Paul's encouragement was to be used. Use your gift to reach, to call people to unity. To use your gift to unite people in Christ. To use your gift so that there can be a unified church for an ungodly world. You see, the text tonight, it reminds us how Christ gave the five-fold ministry these gifts to help to govern, to bring unity in the body of Christ. A church that's being anointed by God himself to keep the unity, to help to get people unified in Christ so that there can be unity in the church. It's here we begin to see what it really means to grow stronger and to grow deeper, to reach higher in Christ because there's no long rangers in the body. We all have to go higher together. No one is going to get there and say, Lord, look at what I've done. The foot needs the knee. And the knee needs the thigh. And the thigh needs the waist. And the waist needs the upper body. And the upper body needs the arm. And we all got to grow up to the head. We need each other to be a reflection That we can show the unity of God in us. You see, as the body being built up, being perfected, being perfected, in other words, working out our completeness as one who has been equipped in knowing who you are in Christ, for carrying out the work of the ministry, your identity, it begins to spread as knowing that you have been equipped to know who you are in your Lord. And as you know who you are in your Lord, that will reflect how you treat your brother or your sister. You see, God, church, he wants the body to be edified. He doesn't want to see his body dying, but he wants to see his body growing. You see, he wants to see the body to work in its oneness. He doesn't want to see the body divided. Didn't our Lord remind us, say that you would know them by their love. Amen. See, this is where our oneness grows to another level. Comes from a place of love and unity. See, it's here he wants us to be full of faith. So that we can be full of unity. So that we can be full with his knowledge of the Son of Jesus Christ. The Son of God. He wants us to be full with that understanding. He don't want you to doubt. He wants you to be ready to give an answer to the hope that lies within you. And there is a generation that you and I live in. They don't know the hymns that we sing. They don't dress the way that we dress. But what you can bring to them is a God that says, I don't care how you dress. I don't care if you don't know the church traditions. But there is a God that says, I love you, be with an everlasting love. I accept you just as who you are. You see, that's what God's unity will do. Can we look beyond the sin and love them anyhow? Can we look beyond them faults and say I'm willing to pick you up and to dust you off and to help you and to meet you where you are? Can we look beyond their shortcomings and say we all make mistakes but there is a forgiving God. He still can turn it around. Can we look beyond their faults and tell them that God can work this thing out? Can we give them good news that says if God before you Look, who can be against you? If we come with them with an uplifting word, with an encouraging word, you see, people know when they're doing wrong. People know how much they're doing bad. But now's an opportunity for the church to raise up a word, to raise up its light in a world that's being condemned, in a world that's so confused. I want you to understand that we live in a time where it's so much gloom and doom we ought to see it as a great time for the church because i believe i believe prophetically that god is going to use these disasters he's trying to speak to this world he's trying to speak to this this country he's trying to speak to us all across this world internationally and he's trying to say to them that these things in this world they are temporal they won't last i'm here to tell you about now is the time for the church to raise up with a voice that says there is an everlasting life. These old things will pass away but my word will stand forevermore. There is a word that says you may lose what you have in this world but you'll gain eternal life. There is a word that says that you might lose your finances. You lose your job, but there is a word that says uh, if you put your trust in him, he'll give you a new heart. He'll give you a new mind. As a word that says uh, you might run out of money, but there is a God. He never sleeps nor slumber. He will never leave you nor forsake you. There is a word for for the word today that needs to let the church lead to let the world know that God is your answer. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Be strong to grow deeper. Be strong to grow in Christ. Be strong to reach higher for him. Jesus died so that whosoever will to believe on his name had the opportunity to be united with him. He died so the world could be united with him. And his death says that it will make them united as one together. We have the message to help people to get united with him so that we can be united together as one. I believe my assignment tonight is to bring emphasis in revival, it's identify in your identity. How are you united with Christ? because it's going to determine how are you united in his body united in Christ you might be saved but you may need some other areas to work on to put off the old man and to put on the new man how are you united with Christ this is where we can begin to go to another level tonight and saying God There are some areas in my life that still needs to be at one with you. This is where revival begins to help us to put a mirror on our face and saying, God, I want to please you. I want to know tonight, is there anybody want to please the Lord tonight? Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that believe that you have room to grow tonight? See, that's what God wants to know from us tonight. Can I still come in? Can I still work with you? Do you still give me room? Do you still give me a place? Because if we allow him to come in those areas of our life, those issues that keeps us from being at one with him, then tonight is about making a decision. It's about making a decision to grow. It's about making a decision to ask the Lord to help us to go. See, what I've come to learn, it's not how high you jump in revival. It's not how loud you shout in revival. But it's how much you be obedient to his word. To walk as one who has been revived. So tonight, I want to ask the question. Are you willing to take a step in an area in your life? You don't have to tell me. You don't have to tell no one. But but are you willing to say, God, I want to be at one in this area in, 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 in my life with you tonight? That's you tonight. I want you to prepare for prayer. I want you to prepare for drawing nigh unto God and to draw nigh unto him because this is the will of our Lord that he wants his church to be one as he is one with the Father. So tonight, I pray that you would take heart of the opportunity that God is speaking even now about you making a choice and saying, God, here's an area I want to give to you tonight here's an area that I'm going to trust you with tonight that I know that is keeping me from being close to you I want to know is there anybody ready to draw closer to the Lord tonight can we lift our hands? Can we, can we begin to stand and, and create a worship atmosphere in here as we begin to close, as we begin to consider what the Lord is saying, as we begin to bring about a commitment, a decision Nobody to God because my assignment tonight is Nobody ask the people to commit to and me and so tonight for those that are saying, I need to grow closer to God. If you would be bold enough to come and stand at the altar, would you come tonight while we can have prayer with you? Would you be bold enough to come and stand at the altar and saying, God, here's an area in my heart tonight that I want to give to you so that I can grow closer to you tonight. Would you come tonight and stand? for a time of prayer would you come and as people come I want you to rejoice with the Lord would you come only God knows only you know and what I know is there is always room to grow for sometimes we don't like to be seen but I'm here to tell you God knows your heart he knows where we need help he knows where we need to be stronger. He knows where we need to be built up in our faith. He knows where we need to come closer to him. He knows where we're having problems. He knows where we've been holding back. My, he knows. My, and I'm here to tell you by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you give it to him tonight, oh, you will be find a revival place that will birth into your life that will take you to another level that will be edifying to the body of christ and i'm here to tell you god he's watching he's trying to perform his word in this place tonight and there's still some more god is saying come to me come to me come to me God is saying, I'm trying to do a work in your life. God is saying, I've been trying to answer your prayers. But you got to be willing to come to me. Come to me and cast your cares upon me. For I am a God that cares for you. Would you come? Would you come? Would you come? And give it to God tonight. Give it to him. I really love you, Lord. So he can grow. So you can grow stronger. And grow deeper. And reach higher. In the unity of God tonight. Come on. Come on. You ought to put your hands together and clap and make the devil mad in here. I want to speak to those who've been, you know you've been challenged in your home, you know you've been going through some things that you've been trying to, you need to come to the altar and lay it down tonight, because it's been keeping you from growing closer to God, you've been worrying, but I come by to let you know tonight, God said lay it down tonight, Nobody. God said get rid of it tonight, lay the weight off tonight, for I come to be your deliverer tonight. I come to lift up your burden tonight. I come to restore that which is broken. I come to revive you. Would you come? Holy, are you hungry for God? Are you hungry for God? Cause this is this what this call is. Are you hungry for God? Don't be your hindrance. Listen. Don't be your own hindrance. Listen. Don't be your own hindrance from going to another level in God. You can't blame the body of Christ. You can't blame the church. You can't blame nobody else from being separated in an area in your life. God is saying, will you come unto me? Will you draw closer to me and I'll draw closer to you I, I just need a witness in the, in the sanctuary, these are here at the altar but can you give God a praise and let them know that he'll do it he a God that will come through he's a God that will give you breakthrough Listen, if you're here tonight and you have not had the opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into your heart, to come in for the first time as your personal Savior, and you're saying, I want to make that decision tonight, just lift your hand. Is there one in this house tonight that's saying, I want to receive Christ into my heart tonight as my Lord and my Savior? Just lift your hand. Is there one tonight? Hallelujah. Now listen. They came because they had an area that want to get them closer to God. But listen. You stayed behind. I want to know is there anybody? Because it's one thing you'll be united with Christ. But it's another thing to see... Be- the church be united in unity to another level. Y'all don't hear me tonight. So I'm asking the church tonight for this house and for the body of Christ. If you have a heart and desire in your heart that you want to see the body of Christ to grow stronger together, I want to encourage you. Let's come to the altar as we begin to pray the prayer of faith. Would you come to the altar and stand with us in agreement that we want to see the body of Christ to go to another level in unity. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is how you make the devil mad. This is how you begin to move from one level to another level. Us standing unified. We need each really other. Love you, Lord. The church really love need you, Lord. each other. Oh, we live in desperate times. Oh, and we got to oh, make desperate steps of faith like and saying, you, God, I'm ready to be used. Like you, Lord. I'm ready to do my part. Oh, I'm ready to go to another level of showing my unity oh, in the church. I really love you, Lord. It begins with, if there's anything in your heart that you need to ask God for forgiveness for, I want you to humble yourself. Before God, you don't have to tell nobody else. But if there's anything in your heart that you say, God, I need to ask you for forgiveness in my heart tonight. And I want you to have a moment with God tonight that's saying, God, I have not been... Nobody operating in the like full unity Lord. that really reflects you. Nobody like you. Revival begins when we deny ourselves. Oh. Every hit back. Hallelujah. you, Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I really love you. Hallelujah. I really love Hallelujah. Father, we humble ourselves tonight. And we pray that you'll receive us now here at your altar. Thank you, Lord, for setting this branch of Zion aside. For bringing your people to your altar tonight. Thank you for the pastor of this church. That you have led this revival to bring your people unto you. Now, God, we need you to work in the hearts. We need you to work in the minds. Help us to forgive. Help us to... Come to you with a right heart. Help us to deny ourselves. Help us to put off the old man. Help us with the right attitude. Help us to get right in our hearts. Help us to be a body that would demonstrate a greater love, a greater patience for one to another. Help us to see that God that the hands that we hold you died for you shed your blood for help us to be stronger as a body of Christ help us to let our light so shine stir up in us a greater love for one to another stir up in us a greater hunger for doing the work of Jesus stir up in us a greater desire to not allow anything to come in our hearts to keep us separated from you for we declare in Jesus name tonight that we serve notice on the devil that he has no place in our hearts, in our minds in our families, in our church for we declare that we are the body of Christ. We declare that we are in the unity of Christ. We declare that we are one with Jesus Christ and because we are one with Jesus we are one with the Father. Father bless your people tonight pour out the grace of God upon us that we can leave here, transform build up in the power of the Holy Ghost. God in the name of Jesus do a work by the spirit of the living God at your altar God set people free. Deliver them. Pour out your spirit tonight. We claim it and we declare it to be so. In the name of Jesus just lift your hands and say God I receive I receive I receive I receive